Hi, I'm Elaine. Welcome to my podcast channel. Hi, um, Hi. Andy. Uh, could you please introduce um, yourself about your like um, professional field, your major and what you teach in general? Yeah, I'm I'm Andy Laurie. I'm a I'm a professor of math at at uh, MIT in uh, Massachusetts, mm-hmm. and um, I I study uh, what's called mathematical analysis yeah. and partial differential equations. Yeah. Oh, that that's really cool. Um, so, what is mathematical analysis? Could you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah. So, um, in uh, and I, I guess of the high school class, so there's kind of three uh, uh, main branches of uh, of math, I'd say. Um, uh, one branch is uh, algebra and number theory. So uh, algebra, like a, like your algebra classes in high school, and and number theory means the study of the the typically the study of the the, the whole numbers one, the counting numbers one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, um, and, and questions about questions about numbers, so classical questions about numbers. Um, and then another field is uh, geometry and, uh, and and what's called topology, and it's roughly the study of shapes and uh, and how things are curved and things like this. Um, and then uh, mathematical, and then there's analysis is, is is the other branch. And this is of, of from relating to high school classes. This is most similar to the calculus classes you take in high school. Um, and I study what are called partial differential equations or differential equations. Um, which are, uh, uh, um, it's the, the study of how things move in nature, for example, like, uh, um, uh, like if you, um, if you, uh, you throw a ball, um, and, 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 uh, and, and watch its trajectory, um, the, you can, you can see how, how, how fast a ball moves or its trajectory by solving a, a differential equation. Um, and uh, there's lots of things in nature that are modeled by differential equations, and I study the solutions to these equations. Um, so how, um, uh, or how waves propagate in space, or how the how the how the planets orbit around the sun, things like this. Um, oh wow! So it's sort of like how people need some math modeling basics to like build mo- rockets and yeah, all that. Yeah, there's there's always there's differential equations and basically all. all, 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 all facets of, of, of life and science and um and and so i i sort of i i um try to understand the mathematical properties of solutions to these equations mm-hmm. so basically you are working on math and practical applications and yeah practical. yeah so the, um so i i'm a i'm a pure mathematician um so the uh meaning i'm, I'm the the questions i ask are are um, mainly interesting uh, to other mathematicians, and uh, so I, um, uh, we have the, interesting because of the of the, of the math itself. Um, uh, and and there are tons of applications to uh, for, for differential equations, um, mm-hmm. but uh, to, but but the things I study day to day don't have immediate applications to 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 to, to something in the in the world. Um, maybe to some theoretical physics, uh, uh, but loosely. But but we, as a pure mathematician, we're interested in sort of the math itself and in, in building the the mathematical theory behind these uh, these equations. So when mm-hmm. um, when there is something in nature that comes up, we have a theory, a mathematical theory, to understand it. Um, uh, mm-hmm. Things like this. So it's not so much about the applications, but more about building the theory. Um, oh, so math modeling and sort of. Yeah, and, st- yeah, and, and, and yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And building, uh, so, so there's, 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 um, there's the, 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 the things we're interested in usually have, have some physical motivation. And so mm-hmm. there's a, and there, and, and so the, the equations, uh, uh, are come from some physical model, meaning a uh, physical model meeting, um, something that modeling something that, na- that happens in nature. Um, but then, uh, it, it's, you, you want to, develop a theory that applies to many such models yep. um, uh, and so uh, and so you try and find the mathematical structure underlying these models so we can understand a lot of different models not just one particular model but but a lot of different models that are that have common features and things like this so um so I, I try to build that theory rather than okay. um, rather than work on a uh, particular application particular right. particular application um, uh, regarding 
yeah, that that is really interesting. Um, might <laughs> might do some. I'm always like, um, I might do some math modeling in the future. Maybe that yeah. is something that really benefits the society. I think. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Really good thing to do. Yeah. yeah um, I'm curious about uh, what is your uh, daily like life as a mathematician at MIT like because you have students yeah. and then you're really busy. Uh, yeah. So um, I think uh, a, a typical day during the semester. Um, so I, I teach a class usually um, it happens twice a week. Uh, the classes are typically an hour long. So I spend uh, two hours in the classroom typically two or, or maybe three hours in the classroom mm -hmm. uh, uh, a week. Um, and then a, a little bit of that time is spent preparing for uh, preparing for the lecture that I the lectures that I give. Yes. Yeah, so um, how much time do you spend preparing in general? So for usually for an, it depends on the class. So it depends on how familiar I'm, I am with the subject or how many times I've taught it in the past. Um, mm -hmm. But I'd say for something I've I've taught a few times, probably I spend about an hour um, preparing uh, to teach an hour lecture, mm -hmm. um, and then the rest of my time I spend doing my research, um, and uh, so that's uh, a bit more open ended. So I I spend a lot of time. Um, just thinking, thinking about the, the, the problems I'm studying and they, 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 when I write a paper, it typically takes, you know, six months or so. So they're kind of long term projects and most days mm -hmm. I don't have much progress on it. Um, so a lot of time thinking a lot of time, uh, uh, trying to learn math, uh, you know, as a, as a, as a. Like professor, you never sort of stop learning. There's so much math that you have to keep learning. So I keep I keep trying to learn math. I learn what other people do, um, and then I spend a lot of time also talking to other mathematicians. Like we're learning from um, collaborating with them, uh, talking to each other, teaching each other things. Um, so uh, typical day, I, I wake up, go to my desk, uh, mm -hmm. um, think about the current thing I'm working on. Hopefully for a couple of hours. Um, mm -hmm teach a class um, and then get back to thinking about the thing, thinking about my my research project for another um, few hour, few hours. I like to have big blocks of time where I can think like three hour blocks of time where I don't have anything to do and I just kind of think about what I'm, what I'm working on. Um, so it's thinking like I, I find it really um, funny how um, when you go to a university and you see professors just staring blankly <laughs> wipe, like I don't know whiteboard or yeah, chart yeah. and then and then I had a friend who said that, oh, I, I initially thought that they were stupid or something. Yeah, <laughs> but it's oh, actually yeah. really quite the opposite. They're no, really we feel pretty. I mean, I think as a mathematician, you feel pretty, pretty stupid all, all the time. It's it's like um, it's it's the, the like the research takes um, a long time. And the way often the way I make progress is by making a lot of mistakes. And, mm -hmm. and having and thinking about the wrong way, and then if I flesh it out, then I realize, oh, this was a dumb way of thinking about it. And uh, but then I learned, oh, that was that was a dumb way of thinking about. It. Let me try something else. And uh, so you do you do spend a lot of time just kind of going down um, wrong paths and stuff. Um, but but yeah, mm -hmm. it's a lot. It's a bit different from work, say, working in high school or even working, um, even taking classes when you're in college, um, which are you have to do homework every week or every or every day, and you have to turn you have to. Um, uh, to turn over do problems turn over very quickly and mm -hmm. um and uh i spend a lot more time being stuck and not being not making any progress so it's it's a bit different type of time scale for which you solve a problem it mm -hmm. takes some, some things take years to figure out some things i still haven't figured sometimes i've been thinking about for years i still don't understand um mm -hmm. so you have to kind of be uh, you have to kind of be willing to be stuck for very long periods of time um right Stubborn, I guess it's maybe the right. Know. So it's so different from high school. How you you're just given a lot of problems and you solve it. It's done. You solve them. Yeah, you solve. Yeah, like, so you're, <laughs> it's a big shock. Kind of you're used to solving problems right away, and or if you you know if you're taking a class and you, you, you it clicks at some point, then you can figure out you can do the problems, um, and uh, uh, at, at some point it's it. Um, it's more it's much more common to not be able to solve the problems for long periods of time and that's that's kind of okay um, mm -hmm. is um, it frustrating sometimes to just be stuck every single day on this problem? oh yeah oh for sure yeah it's, it can be really really demoralizing yeah to be stuck for long periods of time and it's something it's one thing that you kind of have to it takes a long time to get used to um that feeling and um i think when i first started out 
I would have these highs and lows where I'd be, um, if I, I would have a feel like I made progress one day, I would feel I would feel really excited. And the next day I would figure out everything I did was nonsense. And then I would feel really depressed for a couple mm-hmm. days. And, yeah. um, and so I've kind of not, yeah, roller coaster. So I've kind of learned to um, be more, um, or still, still learning to be more even keeled about um, things and not try to um, get too high or too low. Um, right. Um, yeah. For example, uh, you written something uh, like, oh, you thought you solved this problem or a big problem, but the next day when you wake up, um, no, this is just really trashy. Oh, for, oh that happens all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do you keep it with you or you just throw it all out? So do you document um, your progress? Oh, yeah. So um, I've also, yeah, so I've also learned to try and keep things because even, uh, um, so I try to write things down um, uh, and um uh, even even uh, even or in, in, in hold on to thing unless it's complete nonsense of course um but mm-hmm. uh but i have uh, one, one so one time i was in uh i have a one, one extreme extreme example of this is mm-hmm. i was in i was in graduate school and um and when you're in graduate school you have an advisor who's like you're you're the, it's like you're an apprentice sort of to, to your advisor it's your mate it's your teacher and you, uh, you're mm-hmm. she, um you spend a lot of time with them and they, they give you your thesis project and things like this um, and uh, at the end of grad- my grad- uh, graduate school, I was working with my advisor about on a problem, and we thought we had solved it. And we um, we even wrote a paper. Um, we wrote uh, wrote the whole paper, and then um, uh, was, we were very happy. We went home. Uh, it was like we finished it on a Saturday um, uh, in his office, and then we both went home. And then he went to um, uh, he went to a concert, I think. And during the concert, he realized that there was a, he, he thought he had like the inklings of like a counterexample to the thing we thought we had proved. Mm-hmm. And um, and he, he called me in the next uh, Sunday, the next day we came to his office and sure enough, we, we, we built a counterexample in a few hours. So our, and we realized that the, the whole paper we wrote was just false. Um, and so he like printed it out. He was so mad. He printed it out and threw it like physically threw the in the garbage. So he like tossed it. He's like, this is trash and threw it in the trash. And, um, and, it, wow. it, and so uh, that we was we were quite upset, but it, it turned out that um, a few weeks later we realized that it was it, we were wrong for a good reason. And, and then we, we we it being the way we were wrong helped us then understand the right way to, to approach the problem. And um, and it, it, a few months later we had we had a, a paper we were really proud of. But right. yeah, but we had to, but we thought we were very close to just um, uh, declaring that we had solved a problem and it was complete nonsense. Yeah, our solution was complete nonsense. Right. So sometimes failures lead to success, especially in math, how you just have to try you have to yeah. go to the idiotic space and then you can Develop yeah, something yeah, it. yeah, it takes a lot. Yeah, it takes a lot. Yeah, it, it, I, I think everything, I, every single project I've worked on, um, I've uh, 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 had it been wrong about many aspects of it uh, mm-hmm. uh, over and over and over again. And um, and finally, um, like all these failures uh, um, help you get to the right, right understanding. So it's a, and, and it, yeah, so I I think a lot most mathematicians I think would tell you that they spend most of most of their time just being wrong about things, and then eventually you know like hopefully like once or twice a year, <laughs> you, yeah, you yeah. figure something out. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so yeah, yeah but that's def- definitely you have to kind of learn to, um, kind of live with live with your failures and sort of learn how to learn how to be wrong in a good way, um, where you're kind of stumbling towards something, um, and learning from the things you got wrong. Yeah, for sure. So. According to so many papers that you've wrote, written uh, for the past few years, what was so? What was your most? What do you think was your most successful math project that you felt like? Oh my god, this is so good. Oh, <laughs> um, I, I think uh, my most successful project was um, uh, last year in in twenty twenty one. My mm-hmm. collaborator, um, Yatsek Yendra, and, and um, uh, and and me, we solved something called the soliton resolution conjecture, mm-hmm. um, which is a a problem about um, what solutions to what what waves look like um, uh, if we watch them forever. So if we watch waves until the end of time, what what happens uh, to to to, mm-hmm. to the wave? And um, there was a, a a conjecture that people had worked on, a bunch of people had worked on for. Many years, and we um, 
and we, and we managed to to solve it in, 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 a, in a case that people cared about and uh, that was my i think that's my my best uh my best my best work mm-hmm. sort of like the foyer Fourier analysis or something? Is it is it involved Fourier analysis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah it, it certainly does. Yeah, yeah. It, it involves it definitely involves Fourier analysis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So regarding um, high school students' problems, um, yeah. I think that uh, a lot of people, my peers, are suffering through math, or not a lot, but I think they just aren't that passionate, or uh-huh. they suffer through school math problems. Do you think Google? Googling like um, answers for math problems is a good way to study for Oh, yeah. yeah. I do that all the time, um, actually. Okay. Um, so, um, so yeah, I if I can't figure out, I, I try and uh, figure out things, but I, I um, but it, I, if I can't figure something out, I'll, I'll, I'll like look up something on Wikipedia or try and try and figure out if someone else has thought about the same problem before. Um, I kind of think that it's, so it's it's really important to struggle with a problem. Um, it, mm-hmm. Like if you just if you get if you're given a problem and you just like Google it on the internet and just look at and and look at the answer, but not, not ever struggle with it, then it's probably hard to like get a deep understanding of things. Um, but um, it, I but I, I definitely think like if you if you're if you're stuck on something for a while, it it it. it it can be really helpful sometimes, especially after after you've thought about a problem, mm-hmm. um, to 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 get some help. And like the internet's a great place to get help. Um, or uh, you know, if you have other like uh, like if you once you go to university, you'll have a, 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 and study math. There'll be other students and things. So it's a great idea to talk to talk to your peers about um, about things. I, I do this all the time too. So another way, aside other than looking on the internet, I'll, I'll ask my friends um, if they've if, uh, you know, if they've ever thought about a certain problem if, if they have any idea about how to do it um, or how to understand it. I think that I, so I, I think looking things up is, is totally fine, um, but only once you've spent a, um, a a while thinking about it yourself. Um, mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like, um, sure. yeah. 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 So it's really important, especially doing math problems. It's really important to have this self thought process before you just, <laughs> I don't know. Look yeah, it up. To start googling. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if but if you're stuck and if you don't understand, it's it's. A, I think it's a great idea to um to to you know to seek help. Um, and Google's a great resource for that. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Uh, for your for yourself, uh, do you think you are like for some mathematicians, they I've heard that they like to draw things like geometry, uh-huh. and some just like to write letters or numbers. Formula. Yeah, yeah, just like a yeah, just, like relationship. Yeah. Which one do you think is the best way to present your oh. ideas? Oh, I'll pre- present ideas or or, th- or to try and understand things. I, I think I do a bit of both. Um, mm-hmm. I, um, I I it's often it's helpful for me to try and think of a good picture to have in my head about what's going on. So I think that if you like look at if um once if I'm talking with uh, some other mathematicians and mm-hmm. you look at our board afterwards, it's going to be filled with pictures um uh, for sure of us trying to explain things in pictures to each other um but um but in my in my field sort of there's there's pictures but the pictures you know you, you also have to nail things down um with formulas and equations and inequalities and things like this so um for me it's kind of i don't think there's an either or it's kind of a healthy dose of dose of both um having a good picture in my head but then also um using that sort of picture in my head to try to nail things down with formulas mm-hmm. yeah i think that that's a that's a really good suggestion because especially you're if you're presenting ideas to other people who aren't specialists in a yeah. particular field do you think pictures would oh definitely yeah yeah yeah, yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. so yeah so uh, pictures and um and uh i think another a, a good way to um to present some ideas, and this this takes a lot of work. To um, uh, I mean, we're always still trying to um, refine this. Is to think of a um, kind of a simple. Uh, if you have a, a problem that you wanted to describe to someone, if you try and think of the simplest version of this problem, that still contains some of the essential features of it. So, kind of strip the problem of of what are the kind of unnecessary complications, and and give a kind of toy version of it uh, first. So. Um, mm-hmm. 
that that could be quite um, a, a challenge to think of a think of a good toy version of the problem that you're working on or, or easy version of the problem you're, you're working on um, that sort of contains the main ideas um, that you need to that if you understood the main ideas to solve the the toy problem then you'd have with some more work possibly more technical work to the ideas to solve the the harder one that you're that that's, that you're trying to present so, right I totally agree I mean in high school um, math yeah. Uh, they focus so much on calculations. Yeah, like yeah. Theoretical proofs. Yeah. Which one do you think is more important? Like, do you think the calculation part is important or more on your thought process and theoretically proving something? Um, so I think, um, like, peer, I'm a pure mathematician, like I was saying earlier. Mm -hmm. And what, what, like, what, what characterizes us is that we 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 try to prove things. Um, so that that's that's what that's what our 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 job is. And so for us, the um, the, the writing a writing a, a a rigorous proof is the is the, the you know the um, the goal. Um, so, but again, like sometimes it's my answer is gonna I'm gonna hedge and say it's it, both things are kind of important. Yeah. Um, or pretty important it's it's um uh like to get there to get to the place where you have a um uh um uh a proof it, you often will need to do some some calculations and so i think what what the the emphasis in high school is often on these calculations just to sort of build technical strength so mm -hmm. that and and it's what's what's hard is that it seems like these are like a lot of pointless kind of exercises to do, yeah. and that that's kind of it's it's kind of unfortunate if if you if it comes away if you come if it comes just across as pointless exercises, um, where, where you know I think if you if you if you're really successful teaching the class, um, you try to convey like okay we're gonna have to do, we have to do the you know get become competent in doing these calculations because we're trying mm -hmm. to understand this concept and if you understand it and, and, and uh, so you have a you have an idea in mind a concept in mind you're trying to understand and you have a good motivation for doing for suffering through the computation the calculations computations um <laughs> and i think what happens in high school and i, I remember this too is it, it and right. it's just it feels like just endless boring computations why do i have to do you know 20 of these same problems like this and uh it, it's um yeah it's not it's not 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 great. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah. Were you really good at math when back in? Were you, when I you don't were... think so. I don't think I was that. I I I didn't. Um, I don't. I was okay. I was always pretty good at it. You know, de you know, pretty decent at at math. Mm -hmm. I was. Uh, um, uh, I didn't go to math competitions or anything like that when I was a, a high schooler. So I, I, I wasn't. Um, I didn't know that I was could be good at math really until um i went to the university and it was only towards the end i, I started i was first a, i was a history major and um, oh, wow and, yeah i was a political science major and then i was an economics major um i started i was trying to find find what i liked and i kept on changing. right right yeah and then i took some economics courses and then i had tired order to take higher level econ courses i had to um, take some math classes too and i ended up mm -hmm. just really liking the math classes and then even though I found them challenging, I sort of kept going. And at some point, I, um, I, I just I, I liked them so much that I, I spent a lot of time trying to learn, and I got better and better. So um, passion and interest is the key. Yeah, I think I really think it's the uh, I really think it's 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 interest and yeah, exactly, exactly, just like you said, passion and interest. And it, mm -hmm. it took me a while to figure that out. Um, but then once I did, I I, I spent a lot of time uh, learn trying to learn math. Um, and I, I think it's really, it's kind of, it's a bit hard to tell um, if you're good at math um, because math is, math, it, it's a lot bigger than the math you see in high school. So the field is a lot bigger. Yeah. And like I was telling you those kind of three, or there's another field also called mathematical logic. It's a, it's a classical field, but these fields like algebra, number theory, geometry and topology and analysis and PDE, mm -hmm. they're quite different from each other. Right. And like the people that are good at algebra aren't necessarily don't necessarily like analysis in the, the field. Or my, yeah. and I, and like I struggle. I really struggled in my algebra classes and didn't understand what we were doing. And I could never really figure out what was going on. And mm -hmm. So I think you can. Um, 
it's it takes it's even you know it's 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 really it's, it's hard to say like oh i'm bad at math because there's just many and and then geometry topology like uh, there are some you know, topologists who are just really good at visualizing things and thinking about things um and and this this really uh, this ability to have clear pictures of of, of things in their head um uh, makes them amazing mathematicians um and uh, so people i think mathematicians have a a, a wide variety of different skill sets mm-hmm. and and so it's really hard to say like i, I think it's, it's 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 not so um it's it's probably um i think people are probably too quick to say like oh i'm not good at math because right. there, there's so many you know maybe you're good at one area of math or better at one area of math that you don't even know about yet and, uh, i think that right. was kind of the case with me i didn't i i didn't know i was good at math sort of until i found the area of math that i liked and um and, and uh, and, st- and spent a lot of time studying it. Um, so. Right, especially from a history major to a math major, <laughs> they're completely different yeah, yeah. fields. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's kind of um, and and I'm not I'm not unique. Like there's a lot of people, a lot of uh, mathematicians I know um, didn't know that they were be mathematicians until mm-hmm. much much later. Some knew all, some knew all along, sort of, and um, and, and but there's a there's Mathematicians are pretty diverse in terms of like our backgrounds and uh, uh, you know, our training, uh, early training and things like this, and things we thought we were good at, so. Yeah, so did you have an advisor who inspired you into this mathematical field? Like, Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, a, a couple of them. Um, and I, I had some, I, I, I think that I had, when I was an undergraduate, um, I had a uh, there. I had a professor, a couple of professors. I took a bunch of classes with. I, I took. I, I I liked to cl- like a first class I taught, and so then I taught. I took the. I took whatever class they were teaching the next time. So I had a couple of teachers when I was undergraduate. I thought that were really inspiring, um, yeah. and I think, like, I sort of was narrowing in on my field, the field yeah. that I kind of liked, the general field I liked after was after I finished my undergraduate. Um, mm-hmm. And then in graduate school, my um, my my advisor uh, um, uh, was I mean incredibly inspiring, and I just learned so much from um, from him. I would go to his office on on Fridays, and I'd mm-hmm. uh, uh, I'd walk out just completely energized because he would have sh- you know showed me all. I would I would, he would start with me at the board, and I would show him what I was work what I was thinking about, trying to understand that week, and then eventually he would take the chalk from me and and show me some new stuff and. And mm-hmm. I try to understand that. So he he was um, yeah hugely inspiring uh, uh, for for me. Um, right. So when you say you're trying to understand a theorem, do you mean you want to know why this is derived? Like they're derived. Yeah. Yeah. Like so, why it's so um, you try and understand. So there's a lot of things you try and understand. Um, we can probably like for, yeah, exactly like you said. So try and understand why a theorem is true, um, and then also. Um, Oftentimes, it's it's it can be challenging to understand, um, understand the proof, and then even if you understand sort of the mechanics of the proof, like what, uh, like how, how it, like you could, do you understand every line of it? Mm-hmm. Uh, it can be you might wonder like how did someone think of how, like how, it, some some things can seem kind of mysterious. So like how did how on earth did anyone ever think of this uh, type of thing? So you want under so you want to understand like why, how someone might come up with this type of argument. Um, and uh, with experience, you sort of learn, uh, oftentimes learn um, uh, um, not just like how, how to write these arguments, but but um, uh, um, but you you know see, see where see where the idea kind of see where the ideas came from, uh, and and that that was it was really important to have uh, a good advisor for me that to help me through this, um, trying to understand you know you know how, why a theorem is true on the one hand. Um, and on the other hand, um, uh, how um, how someone would would have come up with such a with a proof? Um, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> speaking of coming up with proofs, uh, just yeah. a curious question: um, Have you thought of a of your own idea or like new idea um, for your thesis out of like say that? You were having coffee, and then suddenly you just have oh, this like a like a eureka moment or things like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, there, there's definitely been moments. I, 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 I 
think I remember the sort of the I think I thought of the key idea in my first uh, uh, like my thesis project um, when I was in the shower um, and right and, and, um, and mm -hmm. I I distinctly remember that that moment but on the other hand I um, I also remember many so I I I, I, I guess. Said, you have many kind of eureka moments, but I think nine out of every ten of them are, are end up being wrong. So, hmm. um, I, right, so yeah, I've, I had some moments where it turned out that it ended up being right. But I, like, just, yeah, yeah. I, I have some other memory of walk. You know, taking I was taking a walk one day, and I thought I had this amazing you know idea, and then a few hours later, or the next day, next day I, I gave it a try, and it was just complete nonsense. So, um, and, but that that night as I was walking, I was quite sure I'd, I'd come up with something amazing. So, um, but so I. Yeah, you have a, you might have some eureka moments, but but um, but you have to. This is the roller coaster I was mentioning before. Um, some of them end up being complete nonsense. So, um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was wondering also for like, I guess a lot of students want to know um, about percentages at high school versus university. Like universities, is it hard to even get like a ninety above? Like I've uh, heard them all of like other people they were like saying um if you get like in 70 or 80 that's like a really good score <laughs> i mean yeah for different people but what's your view it, on yeah, that? it depends on the it depends on the class but but it, i definitely had classes like that when i was a student where um like there's an exam out of 100 and the average score on the exam was a 30 or something like this um you know where most people got you know basically got the everything wrong um and um yeah i remember being horrified after one i got by i took an exam i think there was i think there was it was a midterm from one of my classes and it was out of 30 and i remember just being uh terrified afterwards there were three questions and i i felt I, and um and i got i knew i got one of them and just one of them i couldn't get i i just left it completely blank i couldn't figure out anything and then and then the, mm -hmm. The second one, I sort of got some part of it, but not the other. Mm -hmm. I got a 15 out of 30, and I was, and I got the score, and I was just com completely shocked. I was like, "This is the it was one of the first hard math classes I took," and mm -hmm. then afterwards, it, it turned out that was a great score. <laughs> so, yeah, actually, like the curve, right? So yeah, so it, it depends. You know, maybe. So what happens is, is especially when the classes involve proofs, it's the the test can be a little can be too hard. The, the professor may may give a test that that he or she thinks is a at a good level for the class and it ends up being a little bit too hard and um mm -hmm. and a lot of people can't get can't get uh, don't get a very high score um so that aspect can be discouraging too right um but uh you know i i i i, I, I yeah it depends it, it, it depends on the person teaching the class there's all the in, in the university there's the person teaching the class is a lot of um especially for the upper level classes there's a lot of discretion involved in what what the what what you what the exams are like what uh, what you teach and uh, and yeah so it's it's um, sometimes this happens where um, even if it's not the intention of the professor that the the scores are a bit lower uh, than you would have than you imagined when you're writing the test um, um, so so how do you really solve the problem of getting like at a, the a, a good grade and things like this yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I think is uh, it so usually for the upper level classes or classes where this happens um there's much more in the semester that you do aside from say the the exam so you have weekly homework that you do and mm -hmm. um and where you don't have exam is tricky because you have to you have an hour or something to to, mm -hmm. to write these proof write a proof or something um and uh, you might just blank, and it's not really the, like I was saying before. The time scale for the, the, like research that we do is like you know year-long problems or things like this. Where in an hour, like if you gave me an hour to do anything in the day, I wouldn't be able to. I, yeah, I, you know, be able to do it. Um, so, uh, oftentimes exams like this aren't necessarily the best way at uh, at 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 even capturing a, a student's a single student's you know, understanding of the material. Um, and so, you know, even if a class has hard exams, you want to be, be, make sure you do the homework every week and keep trying to understand. And, and as you get, as you get through it, um, you know, just, just that week, you know, the, the, the consistent work every week, um, you'll give yourself a pretty good shot in the tests and, uh, um, uh, 
but again, I think we all know that 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 sometimes the the tests aren't uh, don't give an accurate portrayal of, of the students' understanding, and so we, you, you know we have there's a bunch always a bunch of different components of a grade um, in, in a class. Um, um, I'm saying never give up. To yeah, you have to keep you have to keep working. Yeah, 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 yeah. You were exactly. high school. Yeah. Just keep yeah, going. Yeah, if you just, I think the the best strategy is just to is just to consistently do the work um, uh, every week and not not uh, um, in math classes. I think that's especially important that that you don't. Um, uh, there's a, a tactic where you can just cram for the exams right before them, mm -hmm. and it, it, that ends up being really challenging because a lot of math classes in university are cumulative. Where yes, so you have to if you you have to keep you know the stuff that you learn you're learning in week four relies on the stuff that you learned in week one, and then by you know week twelve you're you know it's relying and the, on and the hard hard hardness level is like just exponential growth. Yeah, so you so you just have to keep you have to you have to keep up with it, or else it can or else it can just kind of pass you by, and it's really hard to catch up. Um, so I think that's the, the best strategy is just to keep it's just consistent work. You know, make carve time out during uh, during your week where you're, you every week you're going to spend this amount of time. You know, ten hours per week on this class or something like this. So, mm -hmm. or, or, or this, yeah. so once a high school student they um, graduate and they're going to university and doing mathematics, they should be spending they should be spending time on math like consistently instead of, okay, I have a test tomorrow, so I'm going to study four or five hours a day and yeah. Yeah, um, I would say, I would, yeah, I would block out consistent, like some consistent time period. I, I, everyone's different, I think, in the way you way That works in high school to a certain extent, but not in university. Yeah, I think it's, um, it depends. Again, it depends on, on, on the person, um, but, um, yeah, I, I think it's it's uh, um, my my I had a call I had a, a classmate who used to say like oh you know it's um you kind of treat it like a job and if you take four classes at at, at university you're gonna have to want to work at least forty hours a week on these mm -hmm. classes so we kind of devote ten hours per class you know um, per week or something like this this is where I came up with number ten hours per week um on on each class. Um, and then you can you you sort of divvy that up by I think in the way that makes the most sense for you, um, maybe two hours you know two hours a day or something, um, and uh, on each class or something like this, or you spend uh, or if you like you know long periods maybe you spend four hours on you know one day in a class. Uh, and it, the the thing about college, university too is you you take fewer subjects than high school, mm -hmm. so you the the um, you get to you have, two courses right or four. Yeah, usually I think typical load is usually four courses, about four courses, you know, three mm -hmm. or four, four mm -hmm. courses. Yeah, so yeah. time management, a lot of different portions. Like it's at university, it's sort of like independent. Yeah, it's much more independent. So you, yeah, you have to sort of make you make your own schedule, and you have to. It takes a while to figure out what's what what works what works best for you. But I think you know just and and what whatever it is, it's like so staying up, staying up to, uh, consistent with your class with your with your classes is a good idea. So making sure you're working on every class every week. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, about regarding about MIT. Um, what do you think? It's is the significant or this spike of the MIT math program that is so very, I mean, quite different from other math programs, you think? Um, I think there, um, well, there are a lot of students that come to MIT that are interested in math. And so I think that it's one aspect is just bigger than other math programs in the sense yeah. there's there are more, there are more math majors um, uh, um, and more, more, more popular. Yeah. Yeah, so it's quite this is quite yeah. a popular major at at at, at, at MIT. Where I I, uh, I didn't go to MIT as an undergraduate. I went to um, Columbia University in, mm -hmm. in New York, and and there were just a fraction of the math majors at Columbia that there were at MIT. So I knew you know, I knew every math major, and there were, I think you know my year there were uh, six or seven of us who wanted to go on to graduate school. Um, whereas at MIT, there's you know. Um, Five times that amount um, every year. I think fifty students or something that want to go to graduate school every year. So it's um, so it's it's quite a bit bigger, um, and uh, um, but as far as the um instruction you get, um, it, I it's a it's a MIT is a great great place. There's great faculty there, but there's great faculty at a lot of universities, and we're all pretty comparable. I think. Um, yeah. So I I. 
I, 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 so I, I think there's a, a lot of really strong students. So your peers will be really strong. Mm -hmm. and there'll be just a lot of them. And so it's, it's, you'll find, it'll be easy to find a lot to find. If you're interested in being a math major, uh, you'll be able to find a lot of friends who are math majors because there's a lot of people that are math majors. So it's, it's, uh, it's easy to find groups of, of friends and things like this, people to talk to um, that share common interests. Um, but as far as like faculty or instruction, I don't think it's any different than, um, than, than, than most of the research universities. Um, uh, I think we're all pretty com all have pretty comparable faculty uh, in terms of, uh, um, especially in terms of instruction. Mm -hmm. What do you think about MIT's vibe? Is it a lot of people are really nice or are they more formal and serious regarding faculty? I no, uh, the faculty. Oh, I think it's pretty, infor pretty informal. Um, and I think it's a pretty, um, the, it's a pretty nice place, uh, mm -hmm. pretty nice and welcoming place. Um, and the students too, I think it's, uh, um, it's a pretty eclectic group of students always. So um, a lot of people with a lot of different uh, interests and a lot of different types of people. It's a very diverse uh, um, student body. Um, yeah, I, it's, uh, I, I, I find it to be a really um, uh, um, welcoming place. Um, although I have to say that, the, that uh, there's a, it's, it's pretty common. It seems to be a common issue among undergraduates that uh, there is a lot of. Uh, it's it, it's a, it can be a stressful experience because there's. Uh, you know, as I was saying, it's it's great that there are a lot of math majors or a lot of students. It, it just this like focusing on the math majors, but mm -hmm. um, uh, on the other hand, it can feel um, kind of overwhelming that there are so many other good students and you know a lot a lot of students that come there. You know, really good students in high school. All over the world, like yeah, awesome. and you and you arrive and then. There's a you know a bunch of other people who know all as, as much as you do and more and it's it's it can be quite you know um, uh, I think there are students who feel um, it can be that that aspect can be a bit overwhelming um, uh, just the sheer number of, uh, of of really really strong um, well prepared math students uh, I, I think of it when I was a, um, as I said I was I kind of wandered into being a math major and, yeah. Um, yeah. And it was, I think it was, it was a bit better. It was, a, I was maybe fortunate that I wasn't, uh, that, that it was a smaller group of math majors at my university. Um, it was a bit easier to enter, to enter that group. Um, so. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, just a, also another curious question. Um, I noticed that, especially this doesn't really happen in other classes, but in high school, students are, um, the teachers want the, their students to write everything on the whiteboard instead mm -hmm. of on like on a notebook. And also, I think in some universities as well, um, a lot of students solve problems on the whiteboard or blackboard. Why? Yeah. Why? why? This happens like why? Um, I don't know. Uh, so, uh, well, like I, I find like a like the blackboard or whiteboards is is great if i'm talking to somebody else um like if, uh, so um just like we can both stand and stare at the same uh at the, at yeah, the same, yeah. same surface but i i don't think there's anything magical or mystical about it aside from just it's like uh um it's usefulness as a way to for two people to look at the same thing at the same time two you know two or three people to look at the same thing whereas mm -hmm. if you're on a, in front of your notebook it's sort of a personal um, thing. So, I mean, when I, when I work by myself, I, I work, I work with a, you know, notebook or paper yeah. and pen, pencil. Um, but then often when, when I'm talking to someone else, we'll, 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 we'll write at the board, um, because it's just easier to communicate that way. Um, to, uh, we'll both, both stare at the same thing. Um, right. So, do you think that in mass, um, presenting your ideas using just a PowerPoint is better or you have to write things down and have the process of writing things down and then explaining the um, method do you prefer i prefer the writing method um, right yes it, it, i find it a lot i find it hard to um i go we go to seminars or, or listen to other people talk about their work and i i find it i unless the speaker is really talented with a, a powerpoint type presentation mm -hmm. um or you know, explaining things with it, I I find it a lot um, easier to follow if it's if it's happening at the board, for example, or writing someone's writing something down, just because I think it tends to go slower that way. Um, maybe um, mm -hmm. sort of constrained by how fast you can write. So, 
Mm -hmm. uh, rather rather than clicking through slides where it could it can sort of and then once it's, once a slide goes and it's gone and I don't remember what was on the previous slide and whereas in a, at a big you know bunch of blackboards I can I can look back and see what you were writing five minutes ago or ten minutes ago. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 What was because I've online you know I search things up uh, yeah. and I look uh, I actually searched search you up and saw one of your videos um oh yeah oh no, no, no. it was uh, amazing uh, uh, how, how did you feel when you were presenting your ideas were you nervous i yeah i'm always nervous i am not i'm a, I'm a pretty shy person so mm -hmm. I, I i i always feel um a bit nervous uh when i'm speaking in front of people yeah. um and i it's unfortunately it's never gone away uh, so how many yeah. people were there sitting i'm not sure which video you watched um but I, it depends I, I you know sometimes you give a lecture and there are you know 10 people in the audience sometimes 50 people in the audience uh, so some things like this and then the teaching classes sometimes there are 300 people in the audience or you know so um things uh, you know it yeah, depends a lot but, and then like right on a paper so you don't make a single mistake otherwise like 50 or 100 people will like hey that's wrong yeah yeah though no, that's that definitely happens so yeah yeah um, it definitely happens but yeah you try to be well prepared and um uh and and kind of know what you want to say um so that you, you can um, or that's at least what i like to do i like to kind of think about what i want to say um, for quite a while and then so i can just present and i try to forget that there are people watching me <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, you, what is the method of forgetting there's people watching you because there's i think that that's another reason why i like uh i like writing things on the board when i when yeah. i'm giving a, a talk is i can um uh turn your back and i am doing something oh i'm just doing something active um and so it kind of calms my nerves a bit to be right to be writing rather than um just uh standing and staring at the, at the screen um, mm. yeah that's a, a really good idea um are you uh, planning on giving extra talks around the world like online or whatever oh um I, 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 we we always that's part of our our job is to go um uh like um when we have, uh have something that we um we write a paper or something like that we go and often go into to, to seminars and explain to our um friends at colleagues at different universities um uh things that we've proved and so that the way we do that is we go and we give a talk and then um, and people listen to the talk mm -hmm. yeah so another uh question regarding i i noticed that um ai and computer programming and all of this technological or scientific development is progressing yeah through human civilization or whatever yeah, yeah. Uh, do you think mathematicians would speak do you still need mathematicians if we have like this robot oh, like computer assistance like if computer yeah. can, will computers replace math, uh, math yeah, yeah can can, can computers yeah. replace i kind of oh. I, I i i i sort of feel strongly that that the answer is no um, <laughs> yeah. um but uh i think there's many things that that uh it's there's always um kind of amazing things that computers can help with uh, help mathematicians with um so I think it's more probably a future where, um, where um, uh, a human kind of works with a with a computer um, to to understand something. Um, and there might be some aspects of a, of of, a, of an argument that a computer do, but I think the um, I'm a bit skeptical of the uh, computers replacing human mathematicians. Uh, uh, like in, if if the game of if math is about proving theorems, um, mm -hmm. I think their computers can help that, but I don't think that they can uh, think of the theorems that they want that they should be proving. Kind of. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. Like humans are more creative, and computers and programming, it's more on following a set of rules and designing. And okay. yeah, there's an art, there's a there's an aspect of art of math that's like it's a bit like art, um, and uh, kind of it's, it's that, that aspect of it that. Um, of a skeptical a computer can um can understand what's good math what's good you know like we you sort of know what's good art when you see it sort of and uh same as same kind of about math like it's uh it's it's more than just uh there's some uh some beauty in math that i, I find it hard to believe a computer can, can capture yeah there's definitely like beauty in math like uh yeah. 
probability um testing yeah. of probability of your next flip or yeah 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 in your next um coin or dice or whatever yeah. uh do you think that with so many mathematical equations and you know all this math and calculations do you think humans would one day be able to predict the future oh um uh i i i don't think so <laughs> um, i don't know like um you know maybe uh i think it's it's really hard to we're, we're pretty good at like predicting the weather but even that's that's really hard like when you know mm -hmm. see like a big storm coming somewhere it's really hard to understand mm -hmm. where you know it's, it's with high accuracy where it's trajectory like where it'll lead or things like this i i kind of think the the universe and um and the like the you know earth and the world and everything's so complicated such a complicated dynamical system that it's sort of it's it's very um and chaotic that it's 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 quite hard to um uh to think about how predicting the future would, would go um, mm -hmm. too many variables too many variables yeah exactly too yeah too many variables yeah. yeah yeah that's so that's really really true yeah yeah um and also uh regarding math of course do yeah. you think as you mentioned before uh, at the very start uh there are so many branches and like from these three main um categories yeah are there branches of math that just stop developing because it's not necessary to investigate further through or into. For sure, yeah, yeah, and and then uh, um, uh, there's also areas that that where it becomes kind of uh, sort of all the problems become un are, are understood, and these areas sort of stop not because it stops being um, interesting, but but rather that it people sort of figured everything out that there was to figure out. Mm -hmm. um and so there's like kind of areas that are more active than others at different times um not just about in you know there's, there's what, what people are interested in but also like whether or not the um and there are other areas where the problems become just are, are so hard that um no one has any um uh reasonable expectation of making progress and so people tend to not Work on those areas as much uh, either. So there's many ways, many ways in which a sort of a field can can sort of be, uh, or you know, a smaller field can become dormant for a while, or 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 um, not just uh, that it becomes uninteresting, but you know, maybe all the problems are solved, or the problems become too hard, mm -hmm. or things like this. There's, but, but yeah, for sure, there's kind of branches that sort of that sort of die. Um, yeah, yeah. So which br branch, even though you mentioned a little bit at the beginning, um which branch and what specific little idea are you um or you can give give an example are you really interested in yeah so I'm, I'm, i work within mathematical analysis and then um and so the the equations i, I typically study um at wave propagation so how how i uh, say so what are called wave equations and um and the thing that i'm interested in the thing the type of things i'm interested in is uh, so a typical wave when I say when you shine a flashlight against the wall, mm -hmm. um, then the light spread light spreads out. And if you back up away from the back up away from the wall, the light spreads out into a larger area and becomes dimmer, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And there's the same there's an analogous example. So you drop a pebble in a pond, yeah. and the waves ripple out um, from the from where the pebble fell in. And as as the waves uh, the, the waves that are farther away, um, they um, they cover they're they're covering a, a large um, a large radius and they're smaller mm -hmm. than the waves that than they were when the waves were covering a, a, a smaller radius. And this is because there's um, wave wave equations conserve energy. So the um, if it, as the wave spreads out, um, the energy has to stay the same, and so the amplitudes of the waves uh, decrease. And so this is called this dispersive behavior of waves. And you see this mm -hmm. when you're shining light against a wall or when you when the pe pe pebble falls in the pond. But there's some. Uh, but if there's, if you allow uh, things to interact with each other, waves to interact with each other, um, so this is called non. If they're what are called nonlinear effects, then you can have these uh, kind of atypical wave phenomena, where rather than energy um, spreading out and dispersing like typical wave behavior, mm -hmm. there could be clumps of energy that stay together. Mm -hmm. um, and 
I, I don't study study this, but an example in nature are black holes, um, where uh, um, where the in in in, um, in 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 astrophysics where there's a a clump of energy um, that comes together and it doesn't it doesn't disperse it doesn't disperse like gravitational waves. Mm -hmm. um, and um, exa there are examples in, in water that are what are called solitary waves, just a, a wave that keeps its shape and move and travels um, uh, across the ocean without without um, without decaying. And mm -hmm. so I study these um, I study these atypical wave behave wave like behavior. This is a like we call them they're called solitons. This is the name we get we give them where they're clusters of energy that don't disperse um, that they stay together. Mm -hmm. And the questions I study are how are this like stability properties of these. Mm -hmm. So what happens if you're these these clusters these they're very special type solutions. These waves like to disperse, and so something special has to happen for. To have a wave that doesn't disperse, and so then you ask, um, if I poke it a little bit, or if I start mm -hmm. off close to it, do I, um, what 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 happens if I let this, uh, if I let the time run? Does do I, do I keep this cluster of energy, or does it all break up? What happens if I run two of them into each other? Do they collide and and uh, become dispersive waves, or do they, um, sort of pass through each other or bump off each other and stay coherent? Um, so these are the these are yeah types of questions I'm interested in. Yeah. It sounds really profound and lots of terms to know. Yeah, math is a, it's a, it's a, there's, it's, a, it's, like a, it's like a language you have to learn. And I, I shouldn't, I, I, it's unfortunate if I used a lot of uh, terminology. I'm sorry about that. Um, no, actually, but, uh, but, I really like hearing about these terminology. Like, um, okay. I think it's, it's just wonderful to hear it's okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. music and then okay. even though you can't really understand what's going on but it's wonderful it's to hear. Understand. okay great yeah okay yeah sometimes i'm even um thinking to attend these um math talks by professionals such as you uh, uh even though i can't understand anything but the feeling it's just great I'm oh like, good yeah, yeah. Be smart yeah no well, the, uh, not being able to understand anything is pretty common so i often go to talks where i don't understand much of anything that goes on so 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 it's uh um so that that's uh it's, it's fairly common mm -hmm. so uh envisioning uh 100 years from now or a thousand years um what changes in the math field do you expect to happen? Oh, like I, I said, there are too many variables. So I, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm too cautious to, to make any predictions. Yeah. <laughs> Related to number theory, which is quite debated right now, um, do you think that these hard problems might be solved in the future? By oh, someone? Like the, yeah, the, these kind of old, old conjectures in number theory. Yeah, yeah. sure. Like the the Riemann hypothesis is the, yeah. is the big, and yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know. At some point, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if someone proves it. Um, mm -hmm. not today. Do you think you might prove one one day? Oh no, 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 I I don't think so. I I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To be quite quite um yeah uh, uh yeah uh, I, I don't think so. I, uh, you have to be a genius or whatever. So uh, you just have to, I mean, maybe you have to, maybe you have to devote 20 years to it or something, or, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is quite a scary endeavor. So you could devote 20 years to it and make no progress, basically. So. Wow. Yeah, especially find it really disheartening. Like there's, in movies, there's like professors who worked on a problem for 30 years and there was a student who just worked, looked at it overnight because he's a genius. And he oh, thought, yeah. Yeah, um, Goodwill Hunting, right? Is it? Is it yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. No, I, that that usually um, it, so that some things like that happen, but but um, but it's uh, not 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 very typical. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, do you think you need um a specific like a this genius portion of you to be good at math specifically? No, ab absolutely not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, really? I, yeah, absolutely not. I, I think um, I, I, I think that uh, it's more just um, uh, you know, patience, hard work, um, and e even people that display these like genius type qualities or or, prodig or prodigies, right? Um, or mm -hmm. young age. Um, I think is. Um, 
solving a, a, a big problem just takes a lot of work and um and dedication. So it's not the it's not necessarily the genius I think that solves it. It's the it's the it's the hard work and dedication that that uh, that gets you there. So yeah. I, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think most math, I don't think math, you talk to math, I don't think they'll say like, oh, this is, I'm a genius. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> I, yeah. Maybe it requires some, some little portion of, you know, creativity and genius. I, I, I think every, everything, uh, everything requires some, yeah, yeah, some, uh, uh, and I mean, I'm thinking in any, any field like this, a spark or things like this, but, um, mm -hmm. uh, but um, I think it's really hard to define genius. Um, right. Yeah. And uh, and like I said, I think there are mathematicians are, 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 if you look at just a group of mathematicians, they're, they're so diverse um, in, in the way we think and the way we uh, approach problems, things like this, that only there's one, one right, one kind of type of person that's good at math, for example. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Similar to your uh, history, which you studied probably first year, did you find any similarities between your study methods between like the arts, like history and math? Are there any? Um, did I? Yeah. Um, did it, did any of my earlier interests like help me? Um, right. Uh, right. Any? Uh, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I liked re I liked reading a lot, um, and and so. Uh, I, maybe the reading reading is a quiet activity, so I, I enjoyed um, uh, which is and math is often a quiet activity, so maybe, maybe those things have in common. But um, but I'm I'm really not sure. That's a good. So I have to think about that. Thank you so much for answering my continuous no, and broad great, questions, great and questions. answering and doing your best to answer all my questions. It's great. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Thank you.